You're listening to ReachMD. This medical industry feature is titled, Mortality of Cardiorenal Metabolic Disorders, The Benefits of a Collaborative Care Approach. Here are your guests, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Rachel Pesapollock. Hello, and thank you for joining us for our final CRM podcast. My name is Dr. Peter McCullough, cardiologist and vice chairman of medicine at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. And I am Rachel Pesapollock, an endocrinologist and clinical associate professor at NYU Langone. This podcast is supported by and made on behalf of Beringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals, Inc. and Lilly USA, LLC. Content discussed during this podcast has been reviewed for consistency with FDA guidelines and is not approved for continuing medical education credit. To wrap up our CRM discussions today, Peter and I will talk about the importance of a multifaceted and collaborative approach to care for patients who are at risk for or who have established disorders of the CRM systems. Are you ready, Peter? I am, Rachel, and let's get started. By now, we should be pretty familiar with our hypothetical patient, Bill. Bill has multiple cardiometabolic risk factors, hypertension, dyslipidemia, and obesity, to name a few. He also has coexisting CRM disorders, diabetes, and impaired renal function, and he is at increased risk of cardiovascular and kidney disease progression. With all of this in mind, Bill's case offers an opportunity to discuss why a multifaceted management approach is needed when caring for patients with one or more disorders of the CRM systems. In fact, at least half of patients with type 2 diabetes either already have or are at high risk of developing cardiovascular disease. One-third of patients with CKD also have a diagnosis of cardiovascular disease, and 40% of patients with type 2 diabetes are affected by CKD. These statistics really support the concept of strong links between the conditions, but what I find most striking is how likely it is that patients with one disorder of the CRM systems will develop another disorder. Not surprisingly, the presence of multiple disorders of the CRM systems increases the risk of mortality in patients, compared to a mortality rate of 6.8 per 1,000 person years for patients without any history of diabetes, stroke, or MI. These numbers vastly increase with each addition of a disorder. Also, based on hazard ratios of all-cause mortality by disease status, the data show that patients with diabetes and a history of both stroke and MI have a risk of mortality that is approximately 2 to 3.5 times higher compared to patients with only one or two of these disorders. Renal impairment also increases cardiovascular mortality risk. This is noticeable when observing the risk of cardiovascular mortality as it relates to EGFR and albumin to creatinine ratio, or ACR. Let's consider, first, the risk of cardiovascular mortality by EGFR. For patients with normal or mildly decreased EGFR, defined as 60 or greater, the risk is lower and somewhat stable. However, as EGFR declines, the risk of cardiovascular mortality increases, even doubling at an EGFR of 30 or lower. Now let's talk about the trend for ACR. A value less than 30 is considered normal or mildly elevated ACR. It is important to note that, like patients with normal or those with mildly decreased EGFR, the risk of cardiovascular mortality is somewhat low in patients with normal ACR, compared to those with elevated values of 30 and above. Mortality risk is highest in patients with severe albuminuria who have an ACR greater than 300. 
To elaborate on this further, results of the study showed that an EGFR lower than 60 and an ACR of at least 10 were independent predictors of cardiovascular mortality risk in the general population. That's a really important point, Rachel. The increased risk of cardiovascular mortality in patients with renal dysfunction is apparent even after adjusting for diabetes, systolic blood pressure, and total cholesterol, and it may be greater in patients with comorbid diabetes. Peter, these data are very telling. In fact, at the age of 60, life expectancy in patients with coexisting disorders is reduced by more than 10 years. The study also gives a breakdown of estimates of survival for patients with diabetes, stroke, MI, or any combination of the three. When estimating years of life lost at age 60, patients with diabetes and stroke or diabetes and MI lose 12 to 13 years of life expectancy. This increases even more in those with all three conditions with an expected loss of 14 to 16 years. That number is staggering, isn't it? Think about what a loss of 16 years of life really means for our patients and their families. I think it's important to communicate that to our patients so they're aware of how these diseases can affect their morbidity and mortality. Actually, there is a case control study that shows evidence of just how impactful collaborative care can be on clinical outcomes in patients affected by disorders of the CRM systems. The study included patients with diabetic kidney disease, or DKD, which was defined as having both type 2 diabetes and stage 3 or 4 CKD. Investigators compared the clinical outcomes of patients who were referred to a DKD clinic by their physician with those who were not referred. Patients referred to the DKD clinic received six sessions per month with a multidisciplinary team that included an endocrinologist, a nephrologist, a dietitian, an advanced practice nurse, and others. Patients referred to the DKD clinic achieved statistically significant reductions in A1C and diastolic blood pressure as well as improvements in urinary ACR relative to patients who receive standard care. Furthermore, referral to the clinic was associated with a 45% reduction in the risk of progression to stage 5 CKD or kidney failure. Hearing the results of this study is so encouraging for us as healthcare providers. The changes in A1C and ACR are especially noteworthy. Based on these data, collaborative care could have a positive impact on disease burden for our patients. I couldn't agree more, Peter. Knowing the impact of DKD on mortality in this patient population, I think the inclusion of a nephrologist is vital for improved patient outcomes. We can see this in the results from a retrospective study that show just how vital a nephrologist can be in the management of type 2 diabetes. The potential benefits associated with early nephrology referral are evident in this study. The study group included 861 elderly patients with type 2 diabetes who were referred to a nephrologist and then followed over a median of five years. Overall, the patients who had a moderate renal impairment at the time of referral, as determined by an EGFR less than 45, had a statistically significantly increased risk of mortality during the follow-up compared to patients who had a higher EGFR at the time of referral. I think the key message here is that early referral of patients with diabetes to nephrology specialists before the GFR potentially decreases further may mean earlier detection of renal impairment and improved survival outcomes. Thank you, Peter, for sharing your insights. Managing coexisting disorders of the CRM systems in our patients can be challenging for only one provider. It's clear that, for the sake of our patients, collaboration between various practitioners who can combine their knowledge and expertise is essential. 
Throughout this podcast, our patient Bill has illustrated for us the physiologic connections between the CRM systems. We've reviewed data showing that dysfunctions in one system may perpetuate existing disorders or induce development of new disorders throughout the CRM systems with possible progression to overt system dysfunction, organ failure, and other adverse outcomes. When patients like Bill have multiple coexisting disorders of the CRM systems, they are at increased risk for mortality and morbidity throughout the cardiovascular and renal risk continuum. However, lifestyle interventions and therapeutic management can help mitigate the negative effects of multiple risk factors and the progression of established disease. As a final takeaway, we all have a role to play in collaborative care with the goal of improving our patients' outcomes. This has been a great opportunity to share our perspectives as clinicians and learn from each other. Thank you again for joining us. This program is part of a three-part series supported by and created on behalf of Boringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals Incorporated and Lilly USA LLC. If you missed any part of this discussion and would like to access the other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash industry feature. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.